an article published in the Journal of Family Planning and Reproductive Healthcare looks at barriers to cervical screening in women who have experienced sexual abuse. In a commentary to run alongside that, Sarah Kelly uh, from the National Association for People Abused in Childhood talks further about some of these, these issues, and she joins me on the line now. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us, Sarah. That's, that's fine. So I'd like to start by covering what the association is. Yeah, the National Association for People Abused in Childhood, or NAPAC, as it's more commonly known, mm. is a UK national charity that supports adult survivors, male and female, of all forms of abuse that occurred in childhood. So that would be sexual, physical, emotional or neglectful abuse. Mm. Um, we were founded in 1997 and run a free phone support line service for survivors. We also run an email and postal service as well as support groups and services for survivors who are within the custodial service. Mm. And um, do you have many people that take advantage of your services? We have a regular amount of, of contact. We it varies very much depending on what's happening, particularly within the media. Um, for example, in recent times, such as the Jimmy Savile story, our contacts have gone way up. Um, normally, we get around about three hundred and fifty contacts a month. Um, that we can respond to. Sometimes the numbers are higher than we're, we're actually able to respond to. Okay, so um, you, you, you kind of speak from, from the experience as an association of talking to many people about some of these issues. Um, if we look at, at the particular um, question this paper was about, which is um, cervical screening in women, um, as an association, have you been aware that this has been a problem for a while? It's been a problem that we've been aware of ever since we've been in existence. Um, some of us before joining NAPAC had worked with survivors. Um, for me personally, it's, it's something I've always been aware of whilst working with survivors. About two-thirds of our contacts at NAPAC are from female women survivors mm -hmm. um, and cervical smear fears tend to to be raised quite a lot really yes i mean it's interesting in your commentary there that um you mentioned that many women would prefer to deal with the outcomes of of developing cervical cancer rather than the sort of emotional burden of going for a smear test um do you think that's quite common I think it's, in the big scheme of, of things and the amount of cervical smear tests that take place, it's probably not common. Um, however, from a number of the, the women that we've talked to, certainly a good proportion of those people say that they they would rather deal with the cancer if it develops than go through the trauma of regular testing. There's also some 
something in there that people are, are saying, it's not going to happen to me. Hmm. So almost that denial that people are at risk. And I know that in the paper, the risk that survivors of sexual abuse is actually increased than within the general population. Yes, And I don't of... think a lot of female survivors are aware of that increased risk. Mm, and that increased risk is to do with early exposure to HPV and, and different uh, patterns of sexual behaviour. Absolutely. Um, now, if we go into the paper itself, I mean, there, there were a number of reasons why women reported that they were, or they felt that there was a barrier to them obtaining a smear test. And if I look through here, um, there's things to do with self-worth, uh, power disparity, fear and anxiety that that, that brings about, um, even down to things like the mechanics of the, the examination. Um, obviously, people can read um, the full details of that online. But do they resonate with what you've heard from survivors? Absolutely. The, the paper really does spell out what we're hearing um, from female survivors all the time. It's interesting to, to mention that the disclosure for, for an adult survivor is an average of 22 years from the abuse ending until somebody feels able to talk about what happened to them in their childhood. And that really ties in with, with what we're looking at here and the difficulties and the anxieties that people experience when considering going for a cervical smear test. Mm -hmm. um, in the commentary as well, I've also mentioned that sometimes the fear of the test is actually worse than, than the actual test itself. Yes. Um, even the letter arriving saying that somebody is due for a cervical smear test can cause a great deal of distress for, for a survivor. Hmm. Um, if there is a woman who's experiencing you know, these anxieties and fears uh, based on being called for, for cervical screening, um, are there any resources out there that they can access to, to help them you know, through it, to talk about this issue specifically? People can contact NAPAC, certainly. Um, to talk through um, how the, the smear test may be, etc. There aren't specialist centres where people can go where there will be a great understanding of the impacts of sexual abuse for survivors. Um, certainly at NAPAC we can talk to people about how they may disclose to the smear tester that they are a survivor of sexual abuse, mm. helping them to build up a, a safer and more trusting relationship, you know, which increases the communication. Um, you mentioned about the position and mm. the mechanics of the cervical smear test. Most smear tests are taken with the, the woman lying on her back with her knees raised mm -hmm. and legs parted. For some women, that is just way too close to the position 
they were forced to be enduring the actual mechanics of the abuse. So if that's a real difficulty for someone, then they could talk to the smear taker about maybe lying on their side or being covered to a certain degree. Mm. Um, but yeah, just really opening up that communication. And I'd say the most important thing that we would talk with a survivor about is having the time and space to to really address their concerns with the smear taker, to set up words that the smear would the smear test would stop if needed, if the anxiety was building mm-hmm. or if memories were triggered and the woman was maybe starting to experience a flashback, which is the reliving of a traumatic incident. Yeah. Um, now, in the UK, um, cervical screening is done in the GP surgery, if they're a practice nurse or a GP doing it. Um, if you know there's someone listening to this who uh, is, is setting up the service in their, in their GP's clinic, are there any resources that they could access perhaps to, to find ways of making this easier for women, uh, easier for survivors? Again, they could certainly contact NAPAC um, and we would be more than happy to, um, to talk through what might be helpful for survivors. NAPAC also provides training for professionals working with survivors of childhood abuse, therefore making survivors' experience of disclosing or going through something like a cervical smear test a little bit easier for them. There's also quite a lot of literature on the NAPAC website, which is written primarily for survivors and by survivors. And although it's not directly targeted towards professionals, I would say that GP practices or centres where smear tests do take place would really benefit from looking at things from a survivor's perspective at some of the issues and some of the impacts that survivors feel in adult life. Mm. Well, Sarah, I think that's uh, a good point to leave um, this on. Thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us. Okay, that's, that's great. Thank you. So 